Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Yeah, I'm a professional, but I forget to turn on things. It's a delight to be here in this great church, and it's been a privilege of me and our family to be a part of the Clark all these years and to see God do impossible things. You know, you're standing in it, sitting in a miracle. This is a miracle. Boy, I see, I sense enthusiasm in this house today. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm just overwhelmed. Now, if we're going to get along, you got to respond. Yeah, yeah. Are you with me? That's all I need, just a little encouragement. I'm like a little dog. Pat me on the head, my tail will wag. Uh, that's what we need to do, be, be, be with one another like this. And uh, I, it's, uh, again, it's just a great time to be here. My daughter, Misty Westland, is with me. Prophet, you need a word, then be careful because <clears throat> she will give it. And uh, she's very close to the Lord and counselor and does great things counselor there at the one church with her, my son, Brian and Crystal. They're doing a great job there. All right, let's jump in this because I've got a lot to tell you and I don't want to be, I don't want to waste too much. Uh, a little boy was talking to his mom and he, he told her, uh, my friend thinks he's so smart. He's always trying to make me look dumb. He told me an onion is the only food that will make you cry. I proved him wrong. Outsmarted him. Mom asked, how'd you do that? I threw a coconut at his face. <laughs> I was walking past the mental hospital the other day, and all the patients were shouting, 13, 13, 13. The fence was too high to see over, but I saw a little gap in the planks. So I looked through to see what was going on, and suddenly some idiot poked me in the eye with a stick. And then they all started shouting, 14, 14. <laughs> all right. How many people have worried about things uh, that never happen? It all happens to us. We've, we've all been robbed of our joy, our peace uh, at times in vain imaginations. All of us have worried about things that are beyond our control. And today, uh, you know, you could be anxious about your finances. We're real people, you know, your health your marriage, kids, maybe you suffered a loss so tragic and worry and fear has moved in. Life at times can be unpredictable, and when difficult times come, we have a tendency to worry, which leads to doubt that God has, and we begin to think that God has abandoned us. Ever been there? Amen. I got a weak Amen. Today, by God's grace, I hope to show you that you begin to try to start living a worry-free life. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit here in the house. Thank you, Father, for reaching your people and encouraging them today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 6-9, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith, 
not the faith, in faith, knowing that the same sufferings or the same problems and difficulties are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We're all in this together. The Word of God tells us to cast all your care, all your worry, all your stress, all your fear over onto Jesus. Jesus is inviting you to give him whatever concerns you. Isn't that good news? He wants to carry your burden. Uh, the scripture in, to take every difficult, the scripture tells us to take every difficulty and give it to Jesus. Jesus really is inviting us to live a worry-free life. The Greek word for care is defined, uh, it's best defined as something torn, unraveled, or frayed. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's like a t-shirt that you refuse to throw away. It's threadbare. Continual worry will make you emotionally afraid. And when you listen to the lies of the wicked one, you become fearful and your faith begins to go south and you begin to think you're in this all by yourself. Worry is like a constant threatening distant storm. You can hear it roaring all around you of pending doom. Mark 4, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. The sower, he, what he does, he goes out to sow the word of God. And there are four types of soil listed there, but we're going to talk about the one that sowed among the thorns just a little bit. And it says the cares of this world will choke the word of God and we become unfruitful. Have you ever felt like that? When the cares of this world or your problems become louder, then the promises of God, the enemy is attempting to steal from you the promises that's found in his word. And what is it, what's he want? Make you unfruitful. Yeah. If you, in your most depressed state, you're not going to lead anybody to Jesus. Right. When you're having a bad day and you've said some un, <clears throat> you Christian cussed, uh, <laughs> been involved in sign language and you just need to, you're not going to win anybody to Jesus. You're not. And what the enemy wants is he wants to keep you in that tension of worry. Because the, the truth is worry brings stress, fear. Uh, you know, some people make their bed in thorns. They toss and turn. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Why? Because they can't turn your mind off. See, we're made fixers, and what we want to constantly do is fix the problem. And the, but the enemy knows that you're powerless without God's word. You cannot run the devil off without the word of God. Because right. worry has an agenda. It's to steal your faith and the confidence, you steal your confidence in the, in the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Jesus in his parable also describes what happens to good ground. Say, I'm good ground. I'm good ground. Yeah. When, you, when, you're, when you have that kind of confidence, and you take the word of God and you begin to say that word, then you got 30, 60, 100 times more than the seed that was put in you. Well, if you're involved in any kind, I mean, if you're self-centered at all, you would want to be able to reproduce. Don't you think in regard to the success and come out of difficult times quickly? But most every Christian who's faced difficult times, uh, we've prayed I've done it and felt like God was not there. That heaven was brass and he was far away. 
feelings, you start walking by feelings, you're in deep doo-doo. Because, you, listen, you, you, can't, you, you can't navigate. If you're, you're going to fly by instrument panel, you've got to take the Word of God out, and you've got to fly by that. That is what makes the difference. The Bible says that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. But the enemy constantly comes and says, God don't care. And, you know, sometimes when, when difficult things happen, tragedies, we start trying to, we start trying to use the world system to apply it to what happened because we don't understand it. I found, I found a scripture, it, it says 131, it says, I don't concern myself in great matters or things too difficult for me. I don't understand it. It's big deal. I don't understand why. Big deal. It's very simple. Good God, bad devil. If it's bad in your life, it didn't come from God. He didn't do it. If it's good in your life, he made it happen. I mean, anything that Jesus gives you is good. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I mean, huh? Why? Because God was with him. Is Jesus with you? Come on now, you can do good. He wants you to believe that God does not care. One day the disciples, they're all together. Jesus looked at the boat and said, okay, let's get on the boat and let's go to the other side. Well, I'm just doing what God told me to do. Yeah. And all hell breaks loose in my life. Yeah. This is what the disciples did. A storm begins to rage. Jesus is on the boat, storm begins to rage. Many of the disciples were seasoned sailors and they thought they were going to die. And where was Jesus? Jesus asleep below deck. And they were so terrorized, they went down and they woke up Jesus. They couldn't believe that Jesus was asleep. See, Jesus had peace. He was peace. And he, and he allowed it, and it allowed him to sleep through a storm. I heard it said that you have authority over every storm you can sleep through. That was good. They abruptly woke him up saying, Master, don't you care? We are perishing. I can see Jesus look at them annoyed when they woke him up. He rubbed the sleep from his eyes, slowly headed topside, yawned, shook himself a little bit and says, peace be still. No effort. Peace be still. The Greek word literally means, it literally means shut up or hush will be a little nicer because you're not supposed to say shut up. <laughs> Immediately the wind and the sea became calm and the, and the, and the disciples stood at him, stared at him in disbelief. Who, who has this kind of power? Now, let's just do a little Bible study. If, if this shocked them that Jesus could calm the storm, then why did they ask, why, why did they wake him up? They, they, they didn't know that he had the ability to do that. Now, any Bubba will tell you that if he's out in his boat and he's got a little leak in his boat, he carries a bucket. And when he gets on too much water, he just reaches that bucket and starts bailing. I, I'm sorry, give me prophetic license. I believe they're standing there with Jesus with a bucket. Is that what we do to the Lord sometimes? Huh? Hand him a bucket? I have another question. 
what would have happened if the disciples had not woke up Jesus? Do you think the next day, the Jerusalem Times would have read, Jesus and the disciples die at sea? You don't think so? Huh? Why? Because Jesus, God in the flesh, is on the boat. Now, my family, let me ask a question. Is Jesus with you? In Africa, we say your amen is weak. Is he with you? Then are you going to sink? Simple theology. If you want deep wells, listen to Pastor Brandon. You want to play in the streams, shallow streams, come listen to me. See, your Jesus calms the wind and the sea. He heals the sick. He sets the captive free. He raises the dead. He forgives sinners. He will never leave nor forsake you. And he turned to them, (laughs) and it's correction time. He spanks them. Why are you fearful, and why is it that you have no faith? Now, I have looked, Pastor Brandon, through the Scriptures, and I have never found where Jesus taught storm calming 101. Doesn't exist. So why was Jesus upset for something he'd never taught? go and look, he had taught them authority, and he had taught them that you can speak to mountains, and they will move into the sea. Why was Jesus disappointed with them? Because they woke him up, and they didn't do it themselves, because they had the same authority that Jesus had, and you do too if you use his name. Maybe it's time for you to quit allowing the storm in your life to terrorize you. Use your faith and command the the raging storm to hush in the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is on the, I'm not going to go down. Then the scripture tells us, be sober. Now, is God talking about getting drunk? It, that makes no sense in the context. The theme has nothing to do with alcohol. I didn't understand the scripture. One, and then one day I began to realize you can get drunk on worry. And listen to me. When you're drunk on worry, <laughs> you act like a drunk. You can't think straight. Your judgment's impaired. You can't make good decisions. You're you're so drunk, you you feel sorry for yourself. You don't care, pray for anybody else. All you do is pray about you. You can't control your emotions. You get angry easily. Huh? Have you ever tried to reason with a drunk? You can't reason with a drunk. It's only possible when you get faith and sober up. Sober up, church. Disciples (laughs) were definitely drunk on worry. And you can't make a decision ever when you're influenced by worry. Keep your mouth shut. 
don't say anything. Because you don't have the luxury to vent your greatest fears. Because why would anyone want to agree with what the devil puts in your head? Why? And we do it constantly. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so bald. Huh? I'm so alone. Where does that come from? And you just repeat the lies of the wicked one, and he loves it. Faith is anticipating something good to happen. God is for you, so who can be against you? He loves you. He loves your kids. He loves your parents, spouses. He loves everyone in your life more than you do. More than you. He died for them. You did not. Now, when you think of casting, you probably get the picture of a fisherman who's casting his line into the water, and he reels it back. That's not the biblical definition, but it gives us a more accurate picture of how we cast our problem difficulty. Because we get a problem and difficulty, and we try to fix it, we can't, and then, and then we're beginning to become sleepless, and we, it's, a, it's the last thing you think of when you go to bed. It's the first thing you think of when you get up. And then you begin to talk about it. Finally, when you get so exhausted, what do you do? You pray about it. And you pray. And you cast it to the Lord. I give it to you, Lord. Not resolved. In your timing, you begin to try to fix it again. Talk about it to your friends, your relatives. I don't know why God won't move in this. I don't know what's going on. And next thing you know, you got it back. See, worry will kill you. It causes heart attacks, panic attacks, high blood pressure. You name it, it does it. That's why he's forcing it down your throat all the time. You were never designed by God to carry stress or worry in any way whatsoever. You're not designed. Huh? The biblical meaning of casting is to take a heavy load too difficult for you to carry and throw it forcefully onto a horse, donkey, or camel. Uh, now, it's a beast of burden in that days. And I'm not going to call Jesus a donkey, but it gives us a good picture. Jesus is offering to be your burden bearer. Uh, so uh, how many burdens can Jesus carry? Let me ask you another question. Did he take all your sins? Are you confident of that? Are you really confident that he took every one of your sins? Then why not give him all your worries? Is it simple? Hmm? Well, I, I, I got to be responsible. So you want to be your own God. You're going to carry it. When problems and difficulties, I mean, you go around throwing stuff, yelling at your loved ones, the ones you love more than anyone else on the planet and would die for, and you're yelling at them and talking to them like they're trash because anger and frustration and worry and financial lack and disease and whatever's got a hold of you begins to dominate you. That's what he loves. You can give, he can carry every burden from birth to the grave. Nothing's too difficult for him to carry. Cast the money problem, the marriage problem, the business problem, the addictions you struggle with, give him your loneliness, give him your grief. 
Give him health problems. Give him every problem that causes you to worry or be fearful. You can cast every care over onto Jesus, knowing that he cares for you. Jesus desires for you, again, to live a stress-free, joy-filled life. Because when you do, people say, what's different about them? They're going through hell, and they're still worshiping God. A little boy wanted to help his mother shop for groceries. So he goes in, and he's, he, he, she reaches over to pick up a 10-pound bag of, of rice and picks it up, and she says, no, Mom, I'm going to carry it for you. She wanted to, he wanted to help. So he picks up the 10-pound bag of rice and follows mom in the cart. She looks around. She says, just give the bag to me, honey, and you can be free. You can run around here and play and do what you want to do. No, mom, I want to help. I want to help. So owl after owl, he carries this bag of rice, needless, struggling. Again, she stops and takes no effort. Zero effort for me to put this in my car. In his mind, he's being helpful and responsible. Men, you can't do it without him. Ladies, can't do it. Children, can't do it. Huh? You can't do it. However, you know, he, 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 in his mind, he wants to do that. But he, see, he's, he's being hindered only when, he, only when he can't carry it anymore will he give it to mom. Some of you are weighted down. You're exhausted. Carrying a weight you don't have to carry. Give it to Jesus. That's what my wife always told me. I'd be people crazy. You pastor, you pastor crazy people. <laughs> Stupid crazy people. You know why? I am one, just like you. Stupid and crazy. We all in this together, aren't we? Yes. How do I identify? Because I've done stupid and crazy. Just give it to Jesus. August 8th, I, I went to Hammond, Louisiana to preach for my spiritual sons. He's in a $2 million project down there, and he was in three services a day. And they did a revival night on the fourth, uh, on the, uh, uh, once a month, I think. Or, and I, I, was, well, I preached four services that day, and God moved powerfully. Sandy, of course, was with me, and uh, we went home Monday. And Tuesday, we started feeling bad, and, uh, and uh, I made an appointment with the doctor, and he said, you need to go get a one of those hand through the, anyway, a COVID test that tells you immediately if you got COVID or not. And we both tested positive. We had COVID and we went to the doctor and he wrote us a script. We're all in good health. He's not too concerned. And then several days later, Sandy says, I want to need to rub my back. And so I had one of those uh, hand massagers and she rolled over and said, in the rubber back. She said, no, wait a minute, I can't get my breath. I said, what? So I immediately called Misty, and she, uh, she went and got one of those uh, finger oxygen levels, and it was 64, oxygen level. So I knew immediately she had to go to the hospital. Uh, the hospital there in the city allowed Misty to go in, and she stayed with her for 16 days, 24 hours a day. Would not quit. 
and I had COVID, couldn't go, and finally uh, I was able to go, and I stayed with my beautiful wife for three days. The doctor says, you're avoiding the inevitable. You have to take her off the ventilator. You know, every step I've taken with her has been a leap, has been a, a leap of faith with no net. And I'm talking to her. I said, babe, we're going to take another leap because our faith was strong. I knew the resurrection power of God. She had, she had no uh, pulse in her each leg. So when we begin to talk about taking her off that, they sent hospice in, which opened the door for, for Misty and Dan and uh, Misty's husband, my son Brian. And so we, when uh, they took her off the ventilator, we began to call the resurrection power into her body. For about 15 minutes, we, um, they could hear us because we weren't quiet. I didn't even think about being quiet because when you're in tense warfare, you don't care who you are. And then we, uh, we begin to stay, and then you know what? She went to heaven. August 8th was our 48th winter anniversary. Went to heaven August 7th. At that moment, in such tragic loss, People forget good God, bad devil. But why? None of my concern. None of my concern. What did, I do? what did we do? We worshiped. We worshiped. Thank God that I had her for 48 years. Thank God. You know, It's, the, it's that kind of faith that will get you through. Humility invites us to worship. Remember the first service, the first sentence we said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Then cast all your care. Huh? True humility is worship. Put your hands in your pockets, looking around, hope this song service will stop. You have an opportunity to come before a living God. Only when you understand that kind of humility can you begin to cast your care over onto him. Because, you know, and, and when the pain's too great, worship God. Amen. Celebrate his goodness. Worship is your greatest weapon against the enemy. And when, 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 when your grief or your loss is so, so deep, the accusations, the wicked one is constantly trying to come on and sign God's name to it. Heresy. If you believe God did something bad just to try to show you something, heresy. Demonic doctrine. Refuse to let the enemy steal your song. I can't sing. Sing by faith. I have to admit, I'm from Texas. There are only two cuss words in my family both of which I cannot say now, <laughs> nor would I. But I was calling, anytime an accusation, now listen, I, I'm sorry, I'm just being real. Can I be real? I, 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 I was calling the enemy, you know, he, the fiery dart hit me, I said, you piece of doo-doo, but I called it something else. 
get out of my sight. And then the Lord spoke to me, son, really want to get him? I said, yes, sir. He says, worship. He despises it. I'm not a singer. You're a worshiper. You really want to get free from the stuff that you're going through? Die to yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and worship a living God. No, but my life, you don't understand. No, I don't understand. Your innocence may have been stolen from you at a young age. Wicked people came into your life. I don't understand, but I can tell you that God's a good God. He did not cause that to happen. He loves you. He loves you so much he died for you. Huh? God will exalt you when you worship. He, he takes your care when you worship. He's a restorer and he's a God of justice. When he sees an ungodly thing that happens, he goes to work. I will restore. He's a God of justice. And I found in the scriptures, when I find a thief, I can require up to sevenfold return. And he will pay for injustice. How do we do that? We preach the gospel. We see lives change. We lay hands on the sick. We see them recover. We cast out devils. Difficult times, you focus on the good, the faithfulness of God. I've got to, oh my gosh, I've got to hurry. Now, I'm going to give you a lesson. This is really quick, okay? Jesus, help me. My assignment for you to overcome worry is to go outside and watch the birds. Matthew 6, 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? Jesus tells you not to worry about your life. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or gather into barn. Your heavenly Father <laughs> feeds them. Now, Jesus asks a question. Are you more valuable than a bird? Some people say, well, I am, but my husband's not. <laughs> hmm? Birds don't plant food. Birds don't gather food in the barn. Birds don't have a bank account. And they don't have a grocery store. But when you go outside and watch birds, what do they do? What are they doing? They're singing, aren't they? Huh? Look at it this way. Every morning, a bird wakes up broke, hungry, and singing and worshiping God. So next time you start to worry, huh? understand your value. Go outside and worship. When you can't turn your mind off, I worship you, Jesus. I magnify your name. Glorify him. Scripture says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me all who are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly of heart I'll, and you'll find rest for, my, for your souls for my burden is easy. In my yoke, light. Today, I'm going to invite you to do a prophetic act. Stand your feet with me, would. And I want you to get those difficulties, those problems 
that tragedy, whatever is plaguing you, and see it and put it in your hands. Just put it in there. I mean, if, you're not, if you're uncomfortable with it, then just kind of act. I don't care. Just hide yourself. Sometimes we just need to get over ourselves. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we're going to lift it to Jesus. Are you ready? Just put it right there. Now that you just lift it to the Lord. Lord, we give you every care, every worry, every difficulty. Lord, forgive us for not understanding our value. Now, Lord, take every burden, every difficulty, all worry, stress, every single thing. All fear. God, you're not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, power, and sound mind. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.